0: The views expressed in the opinions given by the individual host, guest, random reptoid, or chupacabra may not necessarily reflect those of AM950 Radio, its affiliates, or its sponsors. Now, it's time to step into the unknown. There are things people experience but never talk about. A shadow moving in the corner, flickering of the lights, a disembodied voice we invite you to talk with us share your story share your experience because this isn't just your story this is our story this is ghost box radio with greg bachan
1: and this is ghost box radio on am 950 where every night we talk about the paranormal ufology bigfoot and so much more my name is greg and thank you very much for joining me tonight What day is it? It's Friday. It's Casual Friday. This is our, you know, wonderful uh, time of the week where we let down our hair and we just uh, experience the wonders of getting into the weekend. And, uh, of course, you know, it's always exciting. And, uh, you know, as always, we leave uh, Casual Friday open to listeners to uh, let us know what you'd like to talk about tonight, anything on your mind, anything from this past week. ...that you want to talk about, you're more than welcome to do so. In the second segment, we're going to be joined by Joe Prozett, Uh If you might remember him uh, as uh, the author of the... I don't know if it's upcoming anymore, but we'll ask him about it. The From Order uh, trilogy of books that are uh, going to be available, if not available already. We're going to touch base with him about that in the second segment. Uh, and then we have news. And I just want to uh, kind of uh, just get some idea from you all. Uh, and... and <laughs> It's it's You know, I'm going to talk about that. Uh, so anybody, okay, we've had quite the week, okay? I'm just going to be very honest. If you've listened to the show this week, it's been a bit of a roller coaster of emotion because uh, we start off the week, and I do want to say I think Monday's episode with Cindy Sauer might have been the darkest episode of Ghost Box Radio we've ever done. Uh, we talked about her possession, uh, demonic possession, the exorcism then it's ascended exorcism which means that it is um which means that it's basically true you know, we hear about people doing exorcisms, we see it on the paranormal shows. Those are not given any real approval by any church to do it. An ascended exorcism means that it's uh approved by the church to do it and she had two of them. So uh that alone and plus I you know I'm I pray for her. I, I think that uh that there is uh something uh something uh, very wrong uh that is uh, attached to her and I, I pray that uh that gets taken care of. Tuesday we had Lyle Blackburn on and that was a lot of fun except over here we had some technical difficulty. I've been trying I've been trying to get Lyle Blackburn for like a mere 8 years and uh we finally get him and the system starts glitching. Maybe it's a Matrix situation. I'm not sure. Maybe it was uh, something where, um, like, we were seeing the reality that we really live in. I don't really know. But uh, it was really uh, disappointing. Uh, He sounded great. But he always sounds great. Who am I kidding? Uh, But, uh, yeah, it was really unfortunate. And uh, I was hoping Lyle wasn't annoyed by all that. But he he had his own problems, I guess, on his end. And he uh, decided, uh, well, he's... He's going to come back at some point. We're going to maybe just do a redo. I didn't even put the episode up for podcasts. That's how technically glitchy it was and really not very good. So he was great. Uh, but even my own focus, because, while, you know, as you might know, I'm here by myself. So, there, you know, as, as it's all falling apart around me, and make no mistake, it was. Um, as it was all falling apart around me, I'm trying to carry on an interview uh, and you could, if you listen to it, but you won't be able to because I have not posted the podcast for it, but if you listen to it, you could tell, I'm just like, tell us in great detail of your book. And then I'd go off and I would like, uh, you know, try to salvage what's left of this radio show. And, uh, <laughs> he, he took, he took it all right. And then on uh, Wednesday we had, uh, Scott, uh, Porter from, uh, you know, part of the Tennessee Wraith Chasers at the, at the time, now he's uh, doing a show on Fox Nation with uh, Stephanie Burke, uh, his girlfriend, and uh, it's called uh, Secrets of the Asylum. And my gosh, I don't really watch a lot of paranormal shows anymore because I think that they're very—they uh, they really go out of their way to be uh, very, uh, you know, exploitative. They don't—they don't investigate the way that I think they should, which isn't like my way is the only way, but. I don't know if respect is the only way. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And I see that being, you know, used throughout the field now. So it's a a very disappointing uh, situation. And then – but he does it right. The show is done right. It's actually done – the production company is called Painless that does it. And why is that important? They're the people that do the dead files amongst other programs. So, you know, he – He's, he's in good hands. He, he has good people working with him. And uh, so it's, it's a great program. If you can get Fox Nation, I mean, you have to, you have to sign up for it. But, you know, sign up for it and, and stream uh, stream the program. It's six episodes for the first season. It's really very good. And what I like about it, it's not uh, they get something to they start screaming or they try to scare anybody. And Stephanie, who is a very uh, talented uh, psychic medium, uh she is uh really good at underplaying the situation which i think really helps and they want to help they want to help spirits uh there as well so it's very good and uh i'm i'm i would really recommend that you all uh take part and and watch it but then last night we had <laughs> we had moon girl the mistress of paranormal on again she's a good friend of mine and i've known her for some time and uh, we were <laughs> – excuse me, I have a cough. Um, we were doing Chinese face readings. Uh, she had a couple pictures of me and doing face readings, and it's very in-depth. It's not like going, sitting down in front of a medium. What she's doing is that she is, you know, reading the situation, uh, seeing what what the, the facial – you know, whether or not you have, like, lines coming out of the side of your eyes or wrinkles here or moles here or or as we found out, uh, the uh, hairline that's in the shape of an M, uh, you know, and then from there she's putting together what, what, who you are, basically. And uh, so we spent a great deal of time doing that yesterday, and uh, it was, <laughs> it was really interesting. And it's weird, you know. They're just talking about me for an hour about how I, um, how I, uh, just. Uh, Exist, I guess, based on all sorts of things, but that talking about other forms of divination, as Mandy puts into the comments, uh, she brings up banana peels. And that was really uh, what uh, what was really funny is a, div- a divination. I shouldn't laugh because all of these were important to somebody. You know, a divination is also like reading tea leaves. Uh, Todd uh, Gatewood uh, in the comments last night said that it was uh, apple peels that they did. So, I mean, they're, they shouldn't be laughing, but apparently the, the banana one is if you're with the person and the person doing the divination, she would have a bunch of bananas laid out. And if it was reading me, I would pick a banana. And then I thought at first that I would eat the banana, but in fact, she eats the banana. And then as she eats the banana she reads the banana peel kind of the way that you read a uh a tea leaf or something so there are there are things in the banana leaves that apparently uh kind of gives you some sort of uh insight into a type of person you are once again i shouldn't laugh because all of this is important to somebody but it's it's kind of weird isn't it it's it's a little little strange uh even even moon girl's like well i don't do that but uh it's it's really it's really interesting and it's also really interesting with uh how uh how bizarre it kind of all sounds you know like the we were joking last night you know like you know i read you know it's like weird kind of cheesy crappy pickup lines like hey baby i can read your hairline you know uh <laughs> and stuff like that which is like uh all right uh sure or or uh uh, you know it's can i can I read your banana peel you know it's 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 like uh yeah, you know, we're giving people bad ideas, you know, look out for at the next paracon, I'm sure that that's gonna be employed as well as uh you know she talked about um uh oh she had a name for the lips, I don't know if anyone remembered the lips, there was something about the lips, I think it' started with an a. Uh, not adventurous lips, not. Uh, but it was it was something. It's like, boy, this is this is really pretty, pretty funny actually. But uh, so that was that was a good night. That was a lot of fun. It was fun to laugh, and uh, she was dead on. She was dead on about uh, about me. You know, there's the stuff that she read about the type of person I am. It's not so much about like what I'm going to be doing or where I'm going to go in life. It's more like. The, this is this is the type of person you are, and it was very interesting. It was very good, actually. So uh, you know, next week we'll we'll be going in different areas. But uh, I got a lot of people who are like, "Let's get Moon Girl back on the show," and I, I'm more than happy to oblige in that. She is she is very very good. Now, one thing I do want to bring up uh, is not super paranormal at all. It could be, but. uh Oh, reminds me of something else, actually. Uh, I went to a place tonight. I, I had dinner with with uh, some folks, and uh, we had a place called the Pizza Factory, uh, which I've never been to. That's out in Big Lake, and uh, that was really, really good. I was I was told it's very good. And then having it, it was amazing. Where do you all go for really good pizza? And I'm not talking like a chain. There's nothing wrong with the chains. I like I like my Pizza Hut. I like my Domino's. But where is it that you all like to go for pizza? I'd be very interested in uh, uh, hearing where you like to go, especially if you're in the Twin Cities area. Another one I like to do is Pompeii Pizza out in Elk River. I'm not too far from there. Um, there's a lot of good places. But talking about that, talking about last night and stuff, um and you're gonna think I sound strange because it just seems so random. And I, I, I said this to uh uh someone tonight, uh that uh and and you may have you've listened to the program enough, and when Adam is on, there's always something that seems to happen at the station when Adam is here. And uh last night when i left and so i'm in a room right here obviously and uh there's right to my left there is a hallway there's a glass window that i'm seeing right now and on the other side of the hallway there's a a bunch of doors and two down i I shut off all the lights and i and i heading out and there's stairwell right over there right over there radio folks are like right over where Over, like, to when you leave the studio area right to the left, there's stairwells. And uh, I just looked back, just to make sure. I swear, I saw a face poking out of one of the doorways. And it prompted me to uh, step back and go and check out what was going on here. This place is uh, a very interesting location. The stuff that's here is not bad at all, not even close. But it is interesting, and uh, I just—I uh, really find it uh, incredible. Some of the stuff that we've ran into here, both Adam, myself—if you had listened to our Halloween broadcast—it's—it's um, it's really interesting to uh, to uh, to see like all the. The equipment go off that Adam had that night, uh, the stuff that I have, I picked up a lot of scents around here, a lot of, a lot of like, perfume and stuff. And trust me, no one that comes down here wears perfume. I guarantee you that. Uh, and it's uh, just uh, a very different place at night. It's not great during the day either. I'm not saying this place is, like, a dump or anything. It's just that there is some energy that you can feel at this place all the time. And uh, last night I looked and I had to go look in the room. I know there's nobody here. There's nobody here at all. Uh, There's a room behind me here because right behind me there, for those who are able to watch, right behind me there are windows over here. It leads into a tech room. And Adam has said that those lights just turn on by themselves sometimes, which I have yet to see. Please turn them on if you have a chance. I'd love to see it. I'd really like to see those lights turn on because I have not experienced them yet. But if they do, I'll move the camera so you can all see it. But uh as of yet, uh, my my encounters have been uh noteworthy but relatively minimal. Uh so and and I'll tell you though, after uh Monday's broadcast with uh with uh, uh Cindy Sauer, uh, that that was a whole different mood and, and vibe in this place. Those are, those are things you got to be careful talking about. I had to go home and sage myself, so <laughs> that's just how it goes. Uh, so what? why don't we do this? Uh, we'll come back uh, in the next segment. Uh, we're going to have Joe on. We're going to catch up with him about his book launch. We're going to find out everything that's going on uh, in his world. Hopefully find a way to get you copies of his book. You're listening to Ghost Box Radio on AM 950. Welcome back to Ghost Box Radio on AM 950. My name is Greg Bach, and thank you very much for joining me. It's Casual Friday. How exciting. We made it. We made it till the end of the week. Uh, why don't you do this? If there's something you want to talk about, if the subject you want to cover, questions you want to ask, go ahead. Put them in the chat. We'll address them in the third segment. But in the meantime, I am very happy that now uh, we're going to have uh, Mr. Joe Prosit on. How are you today, Joe?
0: Uh, doing pretty good. How you doing, Greg?
1: I'm doing very well. Thank you for uh, coming on, Joe. If you all remember, Joe was on oh, probably about three, maybe four weeks ago, uh, something like that. We we're talking about the trilogy of books that uh, you had been uh, working on. You had a launch party this past week. Am I, am I right with that, or is that coming up?
0: Coming up this Monday. Oh, that's uh, yeah, right. Monday the fourth at at the Lookout in Maple Grove. 7 to 9 p.m. Uh, public's welcome. We're going to have a whole bunch of family and friends there. That'll be the first time that I'll have physical copies of the books for sale um,
1: this coming Monday. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I I, I want to go. Unfortunately, I can't because I'm teaching class that night, but I will be there in spirit. Um, why don't we uh, just do a quick... Uh, recap of what the books are, Joe, and 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 let let us know cuz we're so close now to the release. You have to be really excited by all this.
0: Yep, yeah, it's it's uh it's exciting uh, watching all the pieces come together and uh you know, that the book is today is the first day that the books for sale online. You can get your e-copy immediately, uh order your copies from Amazon and com, and also my website, joeprozit.com But yeah, the books themselves um, so it's a three part sci-fi cyberpunk series called from order. First book is called 99 town. And, uh, the way I like to describe it, if, if you remember that old movie, the Harrison Ford movie witness, mm. where you have a modern detective who has to solve a crime in a Amish community, it's kind of like that, but fast forward both communities about 200 years in the future. So you have this, uh, this man kind of from the future from, uh, um, about a hundred years from now and has to go back to uh, into a city that uh, um, has banned all technology invented after 1999, Mm -hmm. hence the title 99 Tom. So it's kind of your um, somewhat uh, um, familiar uh, cyberpunk detective novel, murder mystery, but then uh, kind of launches and springboards into all sorts of government conspiracy and, you know, kind of the metaphysics and and what it means to be human and have free will and things like that.
1: I think that's fantastic. Now, you know, we had had talked a little while ago. We asked a lot of questions about your your, your writing and whatnot. And, uh, you know, I I was curious, you know, when I do stuff, when I do stuff that I really like, I like, uh, there's certain aspects of stuff I do, like when I edit video for a series that I'm doing or something like that, I consider some of the stuff I'm doing my own. and actually makes me comfortable because it, I know it's, if you will, my brand, my style. Is there something about your writing that you could, you could go and look at and be like, you know, I just feel good when I do this sort of, uh, this moment of writing, this type of writing because I know that this is me? Is there something like that that kind of sticks out, any attributes or anything? Yeah, I mean,
0: I, I like to think that uh, my writing's pretty fast-paced and energetic. And I'll tell you what, regardless of the genre, i found that I'm a sucker for car chases. <laughs> and I've found a way to work in a car chase and about, uh, you know, I've written sci-fi, I've written horror. Um, I'm even working on uh, like a fantasy, this, and this will be far out in the future, but a fantasy novel set around the the era of World War One or like Napoleonic era. And I'm still finding ways to find chases, and, and I, I I love the energy of them, and I love that, uh, you know, a good fight, a good car chase, or even a good argument, that back and forth and that kind of um, almost two boxers kind of figuring each other out.
1: And it's strategic, isn't it?
0: Exactly, yep. Yeah. And I there's know. emotions there, too. If it was just, you know, two cars chasing each other, that we can turn on NASCAR or whatever and get plenty of that. Right. But um, it really is about the, the people involved and why they're running, why they're chasing and what really is going on in their lives and what's, what's driving them.
1: And I suppose there's times, especially during the editing process that you're going to go through those moments and be like it's too slow. Right. And that like, I'm going to add <laughs> some more, I'm going to add some more to kind of like zip it up a little bit or add some more, you know, whether it's not just car chases, whether it's a, debate argument whatever else what what can i do to kind of punch it up a little bit i is that is, does that happen quite a bit
0: yeah absolutely and and i've also found times where um i'll write, write a whole scene and i like it and um it seems fun but i look at it and i'm like you know what this really isn't doing a whole lot for the larger story and i'll just cut the whole thing out you know if it's not serving the the larger purpose it's not building the characters up or driving the plot forward it really doesn't belong and that's that's how you keep a story moving that's how you keep people entertained
1: yeah, it has to be hard. I mean, I know we talked about this last time, but it has to be hard sometimes because I can imagine that there's stuff that uh, that you've written that you're just like, I really like this, but then you you have to make that hard decision that this is, you know, it's like this is good, but is it good for the whole book, the whole series, whatever else? And having that that uh, due diligence to be like, nope, I got to stand by here and and cut out the stuff that isn't working, even though it might, but I'm also assuming that you can also recycle that into other stories as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. As a matter of fact, I have a whole novel that I, I wrote and I second drafted it and I kind of passed around and got some feedback and I can tell it wasn't working. And I got the same feedback and like this, you know, it, it's, this just needs to go back to the drawing board. So I got a whole novel that's just kind of sitting in a
1: drawer because, you know, I didn't feel like it was up to par. I mean, that's, that says a lot because I mean it's 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 hard to put energy into anything. It's hard to find the time to be able to do anything. But then to be able to be able to self-edit like that and be like, nope, this isn't this isn't right. Or even I could imagine sometimes maybe the timing doesn't seem right for something maybe to uh, be released. Or not that it's not good, but maybe there's a reason that's beyond just anything. That sometimes some of that stuff might need to be held back a little bit. Yep, yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and, and I don't ever want to, like, push something out too forward before it's done, before it's really, um, it can be its best, because that's what I feel I owe that to, you know, people who spend money and, and time to pick up my book and read it.
1: I own the best product that I can I can make. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and and so uh, we're talking to uh, Joe Prozid. He stopped by uh, his uh, trilogy of books uh, from order, uh we've talked about this before. They're available now uh digital form you can get right now. Um and then uh, there is a uh, launch party to celebrate this journey on Monday at the Lookout in Maple Grove uh which uh is a fantastic place. Get the roasted chicken, my friends. Uh and uh I mean what now? What do you do now? You got this, you got this going, got this out. What's what's happening next?
0: Yeah, so uh, always always something new. I'm hitting the road. Uh, I'll actually, I'll be in St. Cloud tomorrow at the Bizarre Bazaar. So that's bizarre as in strange and bizarre as in uh, like a flea market. Mm-hmm. Uh, set up at Tech High School tomorrow. Um, I'll have all my books besides this new series out. Like I said, I'm holding back um, for the launch party. The launch party is going to be the first time anybody's ever going to be able to physically put their hands and buy those copies. Uh, but yeah, I'll be in St. Cloud tomorrow. And then, let's see, Davenport on 9 and 10 December. I'll be in Rochester, January 6th and 7th. Milwaukee on the 20th, 21st of January. And then uh, a whole bunch of dates on the future. So, um, you know, we met at a convention, and I'll be at uh, conventions or different uh, craft fairs and the like. Um, Really,
1: I got my calendar full all the way out to this coming summer. You know, and I think it's worth saying because we said this last time, but it's worth saying again. The, you know, the way that uh, people who may not quite understand, and you know, is it fair to say what you're doing is a small business? Because people think, like, well, you're writing a book, and you are, but this really goes to show, you know, you don't have a publicity team working behind you to to get out to the books to everybody. You might have some help. I'm maybe I don't know but you're there you're you're going around and you're you're the one that's uh trying to make it you know be able to uh be accessible to people and you making yourself accessible to people and audiences so that they can really understand what these books are yeah
0: and and i i really enjoy it um you know you asked earlier kind of what what makes my writing my writing and kind of talk about like the, my favorite part is when I'm in the flow and when the words are coming out, yeah. having a ton of fun with the characters. And probably my other favorite part is being out on the road and meeting readers mm-hmm. um, and, and talking to them and, and selling those books, especially when I get return customers and they said, Hey, I, I really like this book. I want your next one. And here it is. Yeah. That's a great feeling.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, it has to be nice that, I mean, the the sheer amount of work that you put into these and all your writing to be able to get so, I mean, a little bit of satisfaction of someone being able to say, I read it and I like it. And, uh, you know, just kind of feedback. And I'm sure almost, you know, any kind of constructive feedback too is probably, you know, okay. Because at least it shows that someone has read the book, they have an interest in what you're doing and that they're invested enough to, uh, you know, talk to you about it.
0: Yeah. I mean, this is, this is, uh, So gratifying the past year where I've really um, gotten my books out there and really hit the road Mm -hmm. and and met those readers has been awesome because I've, like I said, last time I was on the show, I've written my whole life. And for the vast majority of my life, I've, you know, kind of shared it with a few close friends, family, my wife, things like that, but not really made it public, not really made it available to people. So um, now that I'm able to do that and push these books out everywhere and get them in people's hands I mean, it's a, it's a dream come true, even as small as it may be right now. And, and watching this whole thing grow in momentum, in momentum and hearing back from those readers, yeah, it's it's fantastic.
1: Yeah, it would be. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I, I don't remember if we talked about this last time or not, but, you know, I run into a lot of people who also are like, oh, I'd love to write. I'd love to do this. I'd love to do that. And, and something kind of stops them from moving forward. I mean, it's kind of something that, sure, you've been writing your whole life, but there had to be been something to kind of be a catalyst of like, now it's time for me to take the next step. What would you say to those people who have always wanted to try to write and not even to be published? What is it that you would, what advice would you give to them? So, I mean, first, I, my, it might sound
0: simple, but I would say just sit down and write. Yeah. And if you don't want to get published, if you don't want to, you know, deal with the scrutiny and the editing. And if, if you enjoy writing just for yourself um, by all means, sit down and just write. Cause that's what I did for, you know, years was I would sit down and I would write for myself. Um, and I think you are your own first audience. And if, if you're enjoying the writing process from the ego, well then, you know, there's a possibility that others might like it. But the first thing you got to do is just sit down and write and enjoy the process and be happy with what you come out with and not be, too hypercritical stuff right out the gate because nobody's you know, Mozart didn't sit down and, and crank out a, a his concert the first time he touched the piano, right? Yeah. He had to learn and, and spend years and years um, developing those talents. So yeah, I mean there's there's no there's no shortcut around to round writing than sitting in your butt and, and putting your fingers to the keyboard.
1: Would you recommend people who don't necessarily want to be published but would love to have to share the work for people to see? Would you recommend that they publish that stuff online, uh, like as a blog or something, or it, or do we run into issues of uh, of uh, you know your ownership of your work and the fear of it being uh, uh, taken and 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 duplicated and? and, and put out there under someone else's name. Uh, what would you, if someone wants to share for free, what would you recommend that would help them protect themselves?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've run into a a tiny amount of times when I found my writing posted on some website that I've never heard of, Mm. um, without me permission. And it's so few times that it's not even a worry to me. It's, you know, if somebody gets a free read, um, but they're reading my stuff, For as little as it happens, I'm fine with that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Other people might feel differently. But what I'd recommend for people getting started out who don't necessarily want to publish right away is there are online uh, workshops with other writers who, you know, they can share that kind of ugly baby that is just their little thing and maybe not that great yet. And that's how I got started as well, especially with short stories, is on the online workshops. And I got a ton of good feedback. And some of it was harsh and some of it was positive. Um, but by far, that that really made me a better writer and helped me cut my
1: teeth. Right? How do you how do you uh, handle the 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 harder uh, feedback? I mean, has have you gotten better at it over the years? Have you always been pretty cool with it and just understood that that's part of the process?
0: Um, you know, honestly, the, the writer feedback has never been has never hit too hard, right? Because um, it's another writer on the other end and. For the vast majority of it, people are—they're uh, very careful to make it constructive criticism, right. and they're very kind. They're likely to, you know, throw a bunch of positives in with those, that little bit of constructive criticism. What hurts and, or what what's challenging to get over is when I start send, started to send my stories out to publishers, and when I started to send my stories out to publishers, I started getting a lot of rejections and rejection after rejection after rejection after rejection. After rejection can wear you down yeah. Um, but it, it just takes that understanding that you know it's a process and if you the only way to fail at a writer is to at, at the only way to fail at writing is to quit right yeah. so if you keep writing you keep submitting to those you know if you're looking to get published in online magazines or podcasts or whatever it is you just keep cranking out those uh, um, stories and keep submitting and eventually you get to one of those acceptances and then it, it all pays off. It's like a, a stubborn stubborn gambler at a slot machine, right? Yeah. Keep feeding the quarters, eventually it'll pay out.
1: It's it's funny too how uh talking about feedback and, and 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 stuff like that, you could have at least speaking for myself, you could have a ton of people who are really into what you're doing, but you just get that one it doesn't have to be negative, it could be impartial more or more uh more just like, uh, almost like, a like a mass sort of feedback review or something like that. And it's like it, to me, sometimes it could really, uh, shade the whole thing. And I know that's not the way to look at it, but it is funny how one has, has one negative has more power than 10 positives sometimes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is all about how you frame it. Like I would say, um, especially with, I'll talk submitting short stories, right? Um, I've gotten, I bet my ratio to rejections, to acceptances is probably, you know, 20 to one. Uh, I sure. 20 rejections to that one acceptance. So, but for that one, I mean, that's all it takes, right? Because yeah. the the rejections, they it's an email and you delete it and it's gone. And then when you get that one acceptance, it's in that magazine or it's in that podcast and people cared enough to about it to publish it maybe perform it with voice actors and sound effects and it's out there in the world for for people to consume and that's great that that's by far uh worth the the 20 rejections or 50 rejections that came before it
1: yeah no that i and I totally understand that I just really want to make sure that if if I have anything to do with it if i have Any of our listeners who are looking for if they haven't read your work before and that they um, are interested in something different and a new read and something really fun. And also, once again, uh, support your local uh, authors. You know, I mean, this is not easy work. This is not something that can just uh, that, you know, I mean, even the best authors, it takes it takes a lot of work to get a good story out there, to get good writing out there. And I'd, I ask that everyone, uh, if you can, please promote Joe, especially with uh, the new uh, the new uh, trilogy that's just come out. And once again, you're going to be over at uh, the lookout on Monday uh, for a launch party uh, lookout in, in Maple Grove. Did you say it was seven to nine?
0: Yep, that's right. Seven to nine. We'll be hanging out. There's really no um, official ceremony or anything like that. Uh, we'll have books for sale. We'll be signing them. Um and just hanging out and you know having some food and some beverages. So swing by anytime and uh yeah, pick up some pick up some books.
1: And pick up some books, go visit joeprosit.com uh and uh you can order books through there, right? I think you've mentioned that. And then yeah, you're gonna be at the Bizarre Bazaar tomorrow. What time is that at again in St. Cloud? Yeah, that
0: is ten AM to five PM at Tech High School. And there's man, I got the list of vendors today. And there's more than I can name. There's, I think, there's like a hundred some vendors. The okay. place is going to be packed. So regardless, if you're looking for books or you're looking for crafts or, you
1: know, whatever Christmas gifts coming out Tech High School in St. Cloud, you're likely to find something. That is fantastic. And Joe, I'd love to have you stay in touch. Uh, let us know when there's uh, some new stuff that you want to share with us. If you want to do some more readings at some point, uh, we'd love we'd love to have you do that, Joe. I really appreciate you stopping by tonight.
0: Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity. It was good to talk with you,
1: Greg. Absolutely. Anytime. Take care, Joe. And what we're going to do, we're going to go ahead and take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk some UFOs, UAP, and anything else you all want to talk to, or talk about, I should say. You're listening to Ghost Box Radio on AM950. Join us Monday on Ghost Box Radio with Greg Bakken. You know, it's December, so we might as well start the Yuletide Fun. Uh, Monday, we're going to have on author Tim Rayburn as we're going to talk about his book, Scary Book of Christmas Lore, 50 Terrifying Yuletide Tales from Around the World. Uh, and uh, it's going to be, uh, you know, I love this type of stuff. And, you know, around the world, uh, Christmas is, you know, there's a lot of ghost stories and stuff around... Uh, Around Christmas time, you know, associated with it. But uh, in the in U.S., it doesn't seem as much. You know, you keep thinking about something like uh, Charles Dickens' uh, Christmas Carol. That's a ghost story. That's a Christmas ghost story. Uh, there's a number of British Christmas ghost stories. So, uh, this should be a very interesting program as we get ourselves into the holiday season. Very excited about it. And uh, I, I just. Uh, it's always fun to do that. So uh, check uh, check it out on Monday. I think it's going to be a great show. Now, for the last segment, uh, if anyone has anything that they want to talk about, please put into the comments. Otherwise, uh, for a couple things I want to bring up. Uh, first of all, um, I may have mentioned I'm a Doctor Who fan, and uh, tomorrow is the second episode of the trilogy of uh, David Tennant episodes, and I'm really excited about that. If you had a chance to watch Last week's Doctor Who episode, The Star Beast, please put in the comments what you thought of it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. And um, the second episode, which is called The Wild Blue Yonder, airs tomorrow. That's going to be a lot of fun uh, to uh, see that. It's just exciting to be excited about the program again. And it's been off the air for so long. It's been about a year since the last new episode, the last episode of Jodie Whittaker, had aired. Uh, It's nice that uh, we are able to see... Some new stuff, and uh, absolutely, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have Meep the Beep, um, and uh, Mandy remembers Meep very well. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's very cool. And uh, if anyone uh, has a chance to watch it, it's on Disney Plus. So it's not, I had a lot of people. I posted last week on my Facebook page that today's the day I'm going to be watching Doctor Who, and everyone was excited about new Doctor Who, but. A lot of them didn't quite realize that it's no longer on something like b b c America or any any other uh streaming uh services other than disney plus and that's a big change that's a huge change for the uh for the series but you can also see uh that there is uh more money being spent on the show than ever before and it was just a lot of fun so if you had not watched Doctor Who before. Uh, maybe give it a shot. Uh, it's a good starting point, and, and it's it's a lot of fun, and it's it it doesn't take itself so seriously, and it's also just very accessible, um, which is really odd to say for a show that's been on the air, you know, it's been around for sixty years, and it's probably been on the air for nearly forty of those years, uh, actually been on the air. So, yeah, it's very interesting. <clears throat> so. Couple things I wanted to get to uh, today. Uh, basically, uh, starting off with here some U- uh, UFO stories here. The U.S. Space Force, an, which is a new military branch created under Donald Trump's administration in 2019 to keep track of potential threats in space, has detected thousands of UFOs in Earth's orbit. Okay, once again, thousands of UFOs in Earth's orbit. DailyMail.com reported the sighting the classified document, just on this last Thursday, November 30th, yesterday. So once again, they're saying that they have detected thousands of UFOs in Earth's orbit, and that was from a classified uh, document, I knew I was going to say documentary, uh, from yesterday. Uh, The report, which was published this month, States, the sightings have become such a recurrent feature lately that it's becoming difficult to determine whether the unidentified flying object, UFO, officially referred to as an unidentified anomalous phenomenon, UAP, poses any threat to humans. The report was based on the findings of the USSF's STARCOM, or Space Force Space Training and Readiness Command. There are a lot of... uh, a lot of uh, of these uh, 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 shortened words, I just too much for me, uh, which has claimed to have found many UFO sightings in Earth's orbit in the past month. Uh, amongst the sightings were also man-made space junk and natural debris like meteoroids launched uh, by U.S. foreign adversaries who continue to launch spy satellites like North Korea's new uh, Maligong and other covert orbital platforms, the report noted the Space Force expressed concern that these man-made space junk have cluttered the large unwatched area between Earth and the moon called the Cis- cislunar orbit, making it difficult to identify any potential threat and neutralize them. Space Force leadership emphasized the importance of finding these grave threats among mere hazards like space junk. The report by the USSF also uses terms like abnormal obse- observable. Observables, it's Friday, folks, and patterns of life multiple times, but has failed to clarify what exactly they mean. The Pentagon officials have recently focused their attention on five observables they say are unique features, serious, unexplained phenomenon. Uh, So uh, basically, these abnormal observables, the officials have listed out five ways in which it can confirm whether these sightings fall under the UAP category. First of all, number one, it's gravity-defying behavior, okay? Number two, eerily low observability on radar and other sensors. So uh, very low on radar. Three, sudden or instantaneous accelerations. Four, hypersonic speeds without signatures like a sonic boom. And number five, so-called transmedium travel between air, sea, and outer space. However, the document by Space Force, Starcom, has not explained whether these established UFO identifications overlap with their own abnormal observables. So that's a lot to take in, and I'm not sure. You know, one thing that I find very interesting about all this, and I'm curious what you all think. So really since July, we've had that congressional hearing on UFOs, Right. Um, And I've talked to a lot of people, and, uh, you know, your mileage may vary whether or not uh, anyone actually agrees whether the congressional hearings are good or not good. But I have been reading to you over the course, uh, since uh, July, these stories that we are finding we are getting together uh, more UFO, like it's becoming... A lot more accessible. We are finding more people who are willing to talk about it. We're finding people who are talking, you know, just there's just so much um, going on that you got to wonder are we close to something here? Now, uh, Representative Tim Burchett, uh, who wants some answers from the Pentagon and UFOs, and he's chatting up Speaker of the House Mike Johnson about the importance of this needed transparency. Uh, Burchett discovered his advocacy behind UFO disclosures during the latest episode of Tucker on X with Tucker Carlson, and he accused the Pentagon in intentionally hiding large sums of money in programs dedicated to UFOs. Burchett noted that the Department of Defense has never actually passed an audit. The stakes in this particular story seem pretty high since government has evidence that we're not alone in the universe, that there's some form of intelligent life of something that is creating these crafts that are buzzing the earth. Carlson said, we don't know if they're from outer space, if they're spiritual beings, we just don't know the answer, but the government does know, but they're lying about it because why? Burchett said that he plans on speaking with Johnson about the importance of passing legislation requiring the Pentagon to release more records related to UFO as an am- amendment attached to the National Defense Authorization Act, which another abbreviation, NDAA, is still in negotiations in the House. Um, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer helped introduce the Unidentified Anomalous Phenomenon UAP Disclosure Act of 2023 amendment in July, which would create a records collection. And review board to determine whether something can be disclosed to the public or needs to be postponed. We're not going to be—we're not going to bring in a UFO. We're not going to bring in little green men. But what we want is transparency. And unfortunately, unfortunately, we don't have much of that in the United States Congress. Burchett said, adding, "His college colleagues too often get distracted with shiny objects." So. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's very interesting because, um, first of all, we he's talking about the government as if it's just one big entity, like that's one mind over the course of the entire government. And we all know there are departments and layers and layers and layers and layers within layers and departments and leadership that don't, you know, these people don't know their left from the right hand, you know. I don't think you could say that the government – I mean you can generalize it I think but there's just so much that I think – and I've always I've always personally held the belief that uh, the one person that the government, whatever arm of the government, whatever department of the government, whatever arm of the armed forces, one person they're not going to tell anything about UFOs to – is I think the president, to be perfectly honest. I think that is the last person that they're going to tell. I think whoever the president, whatever party, they are left in the dark purposely, uh, that, that, is, that the government is running its own show when it comes to UAP, UFO identification, uh, programs, any of that. That's my opinion. I don't know if anyone else would agree with that, but I feel like that there is you know least of it. But there is the interesting story, folks, that I find very interesting of – how um how uh Jackie Gleason was very interested in UFOs remember Jackie Gleason from the honeymooners and he had mentioned to President Nixon that he was really interested in UFOs and one night out at his house in Florida someone came to his door and it was secret service and they take him take Gleason to the car and there is uh Richard Nixon and they go to this is what Jackie Gleason says they take him to a undisclosed location nearby and nixon shows him a uh well a ufo isn't that interesting i've i don't know if it's true but i think it's really interesting that gleason had always uh maintained that that was that was true uh but it maybe maybe the uh maybe the person in me the the guy in me who uh uh wants to believe is automatically going to believe i don't know but uh it, it was certainly uh, one of those uh, great uh, stories. And, you know, it's a myth or mystery. Huh? <laughs> we don't know. All right, folks, uh, as we wrap up the week, don't forget on Monday we're going to be talking to Jim uh, Tim Rayborn about uh, his scary Christmas stories. We're talking about 50 Yuletide uh, uh, scary Christmas stories. Uh, please make sure to visit ghostboxradio.com to find past episodes of our radio show and like us over at Facebook at Ghostbox Radio with Greg Bakken. Also send any comments or feedback to comment at ghostboxradio.com. Also, we just opened up a TikTok account. Go look up Ghostbox Radio underscore Greg Bakken. You'll find us there. And don't forget to check out the best of Ghostbox Radio airing Saturdays at eight PM and Sundays at four PM over on AM nine fifty. Finally. Whether you're chasing spirits or just drinking them tonight, please be careful. And we'll see you Monday as we talk about 50 Christmas stories that are very scary. Everyone, have a great weekend and take care.